0: Mora conducts physician led support groups, helping people live healthier, happier lives, free from chronic diseases like diabetes, hypertension, and obesity. And on our podcast, Health and Mora, with Dr. Lori Marvis, we bring to you nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests to empower and inspire you with their knowledge and stories of plant based lifestyle so that you can be your healthiest self. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marvis, and I'm very excited. To um, bring on someone onto the podcast who has been a good friend for a long time, Susan Benegas. How are you?
1: Hello, Laurie. It's just a pleasure to be with you today.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, you have so many titles, uh, including, you know, is it ex- CEO, executive director? What is what is your exact title for the acl Executive
1: director of the okay. American College of Lifestyle Medicine.
0: Okay, the woman behind the machine that's bringing lifestyle medicine to America, which we will get to, but I want to learn more and tell more of the audience about you as a person. So maybe you can just tell us a little bit about who Susan Benegas is, how did she get into this really fascinating field?
1: Oh, okay. Well, hey, I'm, I am happy to. Well, I'd say uh, like you, uh, and, as I always say about ACLM's members, you know, purpose, passion driven people who are united uh, in a mission. and um, and and that's really how I'm wired. I'm definitely wired that i I feel like every morning when I wake up, it's my calling to try to make the world better than when I found it when I woke up, when I go to bed at night. And so that's really what drives me. And, uh, and so, and and I do feel that you and I both, and so many of our colleagues, you know, we are working. We're on a mission, right, to transform health and redefine healthcare, and it's one of the most important missions of our time. Um, and so, I'm I'm often asked because I, unlike you, I am not a physician. I'm not a clinician. My background is the business side. You know, I bring the marketing and and PR and and uh, operational management and leadership to, to the scene. And, you know, it it takes a village to transform a healthcare system, right? So it takes all of our different skill sets. And so back, uh, you know, kind of the recent sort of trajectory, what led me into my role with ACLM, and I've been in this role for Uh, Nine years now. I can't believe nine years. But I was uh, president of a worksite health promotion company Hmm. uh, back, you know, many, many years ago. And uh, so this was around, you know, 2006, seven, eight, you know, in those years. And I really became pretty disillusioned. I mean, we were going in and doing biometric assessments and, um, and uh, you know, health risk assessments, biometrics. And when anyone was identified to have a chronic condition, it was always, oh, well, you need to see your primary care doc and get a script. Mm-hmm. And then it was always about beating the drum of medication persistency. Mm-hmm. And that was just the status quo. Everybody did that. So we were doing that. And, you know, we had Health coaching and, and other services like that. But I, I finally stepped back and thought, huh, something is wrong here. You know, we, we had 70% of all Americans, 90% of all seniors taking prescription meds. We spent more than the rest of the world combined. And while we're grateful for modern medicine, and you're a conventional medicine doc, ACLM represents convention, conventional medicine docs, it's like, wow. I just don't believe that God designed us all to become chronically ill and dependent on pharmaceuticals uh, at this, you know, breadth and depth and scope. And when, you know, type 2 diabetes can no longer even be called adult onset because so many children are being diagnosed with this degenerative condition. And anyway, I, I just thought something is wrong here. I was starting to question it. And I was invited to a presentation by a local oncologist in St. Louis, where I now live. And uh, and she stood up and started talking about the poor health she had found herself in in her early 50s fibromyalgia, skin condition, some arthritis. And she held up a book and said, But this book has changed my life and is changing the lives of many of my patients. And it was The China Study by T. Mm. Colin Campbell. Now, this was in late 2007 at this particular moment in time. Well, I had never heard of the China study and which as you know, hailed by the New York Times as the most in-depth study of the relationship between nutrition and human health ever in the history of mankind. Well, I go out and buy the book and I start reading this book, could not put it down. And I refer to it as the catalyst of my paradigm shift Mm -hmm. because not only did it connect the dots between our food choices and our optimal health or lack thereof but really kind of shine this light on the fact that we didn't really have a health care system more of a disease and disability care system and oh my goodness it was uh like a blinding flash of the obvious and um very much changed the trajectory of my life that um you know and And that was kind of the start. But my background is is on the business side and the and the marketing side. and um so I became very passionate about what needed to happen to contribute to bringing us into a system of health care, real health care, that was focused on treating root causes of mm. disease so,
0: so many questions. Um, I love it because the China study was also it was a patient intervention incident that occurred that led me to Google, <laughs> led me to the China study eleven years ago. So in two thousand twelve. So I'm five years behind you on that revelation and enjoying literally four hundred pages of <laughs> just continual reading in two days. I totally get it. Um, yeah. so I'm curious. So from that point, what were your next steps? So was that plantrician project? How did you meet Scott and
1: Tom, like how did that yes yes no great great question well I you know I found myself at the time that I had this aha moment of oh my goodness you know I was running a worksite health promotion company at the time and I realized that even in our communications campaigns and things that we were pushing out based on this newfound knowledge I'm like oh my gosh we're lying to people Mm. Unbeknownst. And um, so, you know, a few things happened in my professional career, but I ended up uh, just feeling called and truly like passionate about the need to fill the gaping void of uh, education on food as medicine. That was really my my impetus. And so I ended up writing a conceptual overview for something that I called the Plantrition Project. Hmm. And the Plantrition Project in in its conceptual overview was to be a not-for-profit that would produce educational events, tools and resources for medical professionals and those they serve about the um, efficacy of whole food, plant-predominant nutrition to prevent, treat, and often even reverse chronic disease. And so I wrote this conceptual overview, and I just really uh, you know, believed at the time that uh, others would feel that as passionate as I did about it and would join uh, with me in making this uh, a reality. And I knew I needed you know, clinician involvement in this. And a uh, dear friend of mine, Jim Hicks, who went on to write um, *Healthy uh, Eating Healthy World and The Four-Leaf Guide to Vibrant Health, um, he uh, happened to um, meet Scott Stoll, Dr. Mm-hmm. Scott Stoll. And he called me and said, Susan, can I give Scott one of the conceptual overviews for the Plantrition Project? It was about a 28-page document. And, uh, and so he did, and Scott loved it. And uh, so we ended up talking. Now, this was flash forward. This would have been probably in um, 2012, late 2012. And uh, so about the time that, that you had had mm-hmm. your AHA paradigm shift. And so Scott said that uh, Scott and a colleague of his, Tom Dunham, had been running these Health immersions mm. for several years, doing so for Whole Foods Market, because John Mackey, uh, mm. former CEO of Whole Foods, was passionate about food as medicine and lifestyle medicine and had been uh, supporting his employees in participating in these seven day health immersions that still exist today, total health immersions. And, uh, and so Scott said, Well, Tom and I have been talking about uh, producing a medical conference based on this subject matter. And I said, Well, that's what I do, I mean, I, I've produced these sorts of, you know, large events and I produced something in St. Louis back in 2004 called Get Hooked on Health St. Louis. And we drew about 36,000 to our first expo that year. But wow. that, was, that was even before I'd had my you know paradigm shift. So, uh, so flash forward, it was in just a few months of discussion and Scott and Tom and I said, okay, let's join forces. And uh, must have been in about April or May of 2013 and said, let's produce the first conference. And so we did host the first International Plant-Based Nutrition Healthcare Conference in the fall of 2013. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the 10th uh, annual International Plant-Based Nutrition Healthcare Conference just took place this last fall. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know, Laurie, you've been so involved with the Plantrition Project oh, and yeah. the International Journal Mm-hmm. Of uh, disease reversal, and um, so that was, you know, that was really what thrust me uh, into this world of lifestyle medicine and food as medicine, and uh, and I became convinced that we to really transform, to systemically transform healthcare, that it was the field of lifestyle medicine. That would be that uh, you know the the foundation of that. And in uh, you know lifestyle medicine, of course, representing all six pillars. Uh, I, I say often that I believe food trumps all many agree. so a whole food plant predominant dietary lifestyle, regular physical activity, restorative sleep, stress management, the avoidance of risky substances and positive social connection that brings meaning and purpose so those six pillars um and uh and so this just sort of corresponded with um aclm reaching out and inviting me to join as their executive director and uh so i did in in march of 2014 and uh you know continued to um Serve on the board of directors of the Plantrician Project will always be a a, a founding member of that board, Mm -hmm. and uh, and that's an important home that just focuses on the food as medicine piece. Whereas lifestyle medicine is the field, and the American College of Lifestyle Medicine is the medical professional home representing that field. Uh, That is what's really um, you know the momentum is there. When I joined ACLM, had three hundred and eighty members and we now have over 10,000 members. So uh, the the wind is in the sails of mm-hmm. lifestyle medicine, and certainly uh, with food as medicine being a, a, a important, uh, perhaps the most important of the six pillars that lifestyle medicine represents.
0: Wow. No, that's amazing. So I love that. Um, it's the medical professional home. Absolutely. And, and it's such a great place to, for people to start or who are still practicing medicine. And so whenever I go to these conferences, be it the Plantrition Project or the ACLM, my husband goes, oh, you're going back to the mothership to plug in. I'm like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> so, um, I love that. Yeah. It's literally getting recharged and then go out into my space and do my thing. Um, it's lovely. And so tell us, the challenges of running such a, you know, you're starting small and you and one other part-time person to this massive organization that's affecting lives across the world. I mean, it's just
1: must be quite a journey. Well, I, I absolutely don't even see it as a job. You know, I absolutely (laughs) believe that it's a calling. I truly, truly do. I believe it's, it's one of the reasons that I've been put on planet earth to have the opportunity to um, you know, to help lead this, and uh, and ACLM has been the beneficiary of extraordinary leadership since its inception. I mean, the physicians, medical professionals that uh, are part of ACLM's board of directors, are just exceptional, visionary people. And it was in two thousand four. So, you know, ACLM next year in 2024, it'll be ACLM's 20th anniversary. So in 2004, it was Dr. John Kelly and a group of visionary physicians who saw that there was no other field of medicine that represented evidence-based therapeutic lifestyle intervention to treat, reverse, and prevent the chronic disease that was already ravaging the nation back then. Mm. And uh, and so they knew that there needed to be this medical professional home mm. for the physicians who truly were dedicated to treating root causes of disease. So that was the founding and the impetus of ACLM. And it came together, it was physician doctoral only in its membership composition for many years. And it was volunteer physician led almost most of the years until I joined. And um, and it was in 2012 that recognizing that the field of lifestyle medicine is an interdisciplinary Team based feel that that approach is what's most advantageous uh, to really uh, serving patients and supporting their health journeys and optimal outcomes. So in 2012, ACLM opened and welcomed allied health professionals to join as members and uh, then expanded a few years later to healthcare executives as well. And uh, so it uh, so the growth was actually quite small up until the time that I joined, because by and large, it had been volunteer-led. Mark, Dr. Mark Grayman, one of the founding physicians, had stepped in for a short time to hold the executive director post. So when I joined, as I said, there were about 380 members. But what has been unique since ACLM's inception is that as a medical professional home that represents a field, unlike... Dermatology, for example, very important field, but it isn't a field that's on a mission to transform health and redefine healthcare in the country. You know, mm-hmm. either are the gastroenterologists, right? Or um, or the cardiologists, all incredibly important fields, and all of which benefit from lifestyle medicine being the foundation of them. But the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, I will often say is. represents a galvanized force for change. You know, these are physicians like yourself and and others and medical professionals who understand what's at stake. Mm -hmm. They understand what's at stake. They they know that we cannot continue on a trajectory of simply diagnosing symptoms and treating those symptoms with ever-increasing quantities of pills and procedures. You know, that is not in the best interest of providers or patients Mm -hmm. and that we must shift to an approach that leads with a lifestyle medicine first approach that focuses on identifying and eradicating the root cause of disease with the clinical outcome goal of health restoration as opposed to simply defaulting to a lifetime of disease management. You know, and patients have a right to know that they have this option, that they have an option to a lifestyle medicine first approach, and uh, because you know, hey, you know better than, than all of us that uh, heart disease, type two diabetes. I mean, these are uh, these are preventable conditions that uh, that even are treatable and often even reversible through lifestyle intervention, what someone is eating, how they're moving, how they're sleeping, uh, you know, the the pillars of lifestyle medicine. And so, um, yeah, this is, uh, it's just such an honor and such a joy to work with incredible leaders in this space and with a dedicated staff and uh, that now is, you know, started with one part-time event coordinator nine years ago now over 40 on staff that are wow. spread out across 2020 20 states we like to say we were virtual before virtual was cool um but uh uh it's it's just exciting to see the momentum the passion and uh and we hear every week from new members that oh my gosh i didn't even know that the american college of lifestyle medicine existed I have found my home, and uh, and that is really inspiring to hear. Mm. Yeah, just to reflect on what you're saying, like
0: you said, these, there's these specialties in physicians, you know, family medicine, internal medicine, GI, whatever it may be. When you go to those conferences as a provider, as a, a physician, it's very much about, like you're describing, it's the reaction to disease, right? You're prescribing medications, you need to send for these interventions, even what they consider you know, being proactive and screening, it's literally, it's just finding disease in an earlier state. There's no discussion of true prevention. It's just what they describe as prevention, but it's such a different um, feeling when you step into those organizations and go to those conferences. They're feeding you unhealthy foods. People are tired. They're talking and complaining about work, but then you go to the ACLM conferences. It's like, you're so excited to talk to an entire team. Like you said, the nurses, the PT the speech therapist whoever you know the entire spectrum of healthcare is there from administration to the clinicians and it's like energizing it's it's like you said it's that galvanizing mission driven you're just different it's just different and so getting back to that i can totally tell you that 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 feeling that energy you walk away just so excited every morning to get up and go talk to more people and meet more people where do you feel the next steps are for the ASLIM as you're growing in this burgeoning members?
1: Um, my goodness. Mm, I feel yeah. like you could just do so much. Well, yes. And, you know, even though the growth has been extraordinary, you know, going in nine years from 380 members to over 10,000, I know that we've barely scraped the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, when we think about the fact that there are what, over 400,000 primary care docs alone in this country. There's another nearly half a million all other physicians. You know, we have 5 million or 4 plus million, close to 5 million nurses. We have, what, 12, 13 million registered dietitians. I mean, there are a lot of medical professionals out there. And ACLM's vision is that we have a nation and world in which Lifestyle medicine is the foundation of health and all health care. You know, there's really no other uh, field of medicine that can say that that can advocate that it be the foundation of all. And yet, treating root causes of disease, identifying and eradicating the root cause of disease, should be the foundation of all. Mm-hmm. And uh, so ACLM's priority has been to help fill the gaping void. Of lifestyle medicine, which includes food as medicine, in medical education across the entire continuum, and uh, that's a big job. And we're of course not the only ones doing it, but we like to think that we're definitely on the Tip forefront. The on the, the forefront, yeah. And so we do this across the continuum, and you know, oftentimes, you know, we'll even hear of a lot of initiatives coming out of Washington D.C. advocating for. Uh, here, and it's very exciting here in the last year, integration of food as medicine and medical education, for example. Yes, very important. And and ACLM does focus on that. You know, we have uh, pre-professional curriculum. We have Lifestyle Medicine 101 that was developed by our president, Beth Frades, who's uh, uh, with Harvard. And that's available as a free resource. We have the culinary medicine curriculum uh, developed by uh, Michelle Hauser, uh, one of our former board members out at Stanford, a physician and a chef that's available as a free resource. It's been downloaded over 9,000 times off of our website. Um, We have lifestyle medicine interest groups now on, oh, I think close to 130 campuses across Mm. the country. Um, so a lot that's going in to support pre-professional and undergraduate medical education. We work very collaboratively with uh, University of South Carolina Greenville uh, and LMed uh, because they also offer a free um, open source uh, lifestyle medicine curricula for medical education. And then we moved to GME, to graduate medical education. And it was just four years ago that we launched the lifestyle medicine residency curriculum. It's now licensed into around 202, I think is the number, programs residency programs across the country over half of which are family medicine residencies and so every year we're expanding that into more and more residency programs so this is addressing this you know new crop of uh, medical professionals of physicians that will be coming in and taking over and we find that they are especially purpose passion driven they really do Want to be the change they want to see in the world, and and they want to practice a different way, so that's important. But as you well know, when we have, you know, such a huge percentage of Americans, what over sixty percent of Americans have at least one chronic disease, over forty percent have two or more, and as we said, now way too many children are being diagnosed with chronic disease. We don't really have time to wait until a whole new um, generation of medical professionals takes over. So we must focus as well, very heavily on continuing medical education. Uh, And so ACLM has invested heavily in that area too with a whole host of online courses found on our learning management system at lifestylemedicine.org. And Lori, I know that you have even been promoting, which we're so grateful for, um, our new, it's a 5.5 hour free lifestyle medicine and food is medicine essentials course that we launched and made available on a complimentary basis where we're, we're uh, going to, we're donating 100,000 registrations for this particular course. And we did so, in support of um, the October of last year, the White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition, and Health, and we were so uh, privileged to be showcased by the White House as one of the uh, organizations that was really supporting heavily the mission of this particular conference, and uh, and so that was that was what we did in support of that, and so through the Middle of this summer, we're promoting heavily the, the course, and it consists of one hour introduction to lifestyle medicine, and then a module on nutrition for prevention and risk reduction, and a second module on nutrition for treatment. And uh, risk reduction, the other one is for uh, prevention and longevity. And so this, these three modules combine into 5.5 hours of CME. It's also MOC for AAFP and for ABIM uh, and for the American Board of Lifestyle Medicine. And so that can be accessed by any of your listeners, any of your physicians or medical professionals, other clinicians at lifestylemedicine.org forward slash WH conference for White House conference. So lifestylemedicine.org forward slash WH conference. And it's just a, it's an incredible course that we certainly hope will be a spark to, I like to say, ignite catalytic transformation of our healthcare system. And uh, so we certainly hope that it is something that uh, throngs of medical professionals will take advantage of.
0: No, it's wonderful. It's, it's like you describe a catalyst for a different uh, language. We need to start thinking and speaking differently. So we really need that beginning open book of like, where do I even start? I, totally get that for sure. No, I, um, you know, back in 2012, when I first started with the nutrition piece, right, and switched my family to plant-based nutrition and really started searching for, like, how do I do this in practice? Um, it was such a blessing to find the Plantrition Project and, you know, the ACLM, and um, it's been really fun to see everything grow. It's so, um, thank you. If nobody says thank you, I'm sure they do, but for your hard work and dedication, which I'm sure there were many personal sacrifices involved over many years so Mm -hmm. um we're all thankful for your work um thank you and um my question is you know it's interesting i'm I'm gonna kind of harpen back to something that i guess i was in the fall there was um so of course you know mora is all about lifestyle medicine and we literally practice it on a day-to-day basis Um, what was interesting there was a twitter and i i don't recall the physician's name but my CEO, co-founder um, sent this to me. It says that he was so, he wasn't, was he, yes, he was a physician. He's saying, I don't think physicians should be actually implementing lifestyle medicine. They should be, should be coaches or dietitians." And so I feel like he missed the entire understanding. So how, let's say, would we address that if we come into contact with colleagues that we're trying to share this amazing message I know how I would do it, but what would you recommend for someone who's kind of butting
1: heads with someone? Is like that's outside of my scope. Oh gosh. Well, hey, I mean, lifestyle medicine, as as I explained, uh, it it was even the American College of Lifestyle Medicine was founded to represent therapeutic lifestyle intervention to treat and reverse already existing disease and if the therapeutic dose was efficacious for treatment and reversal then you know prevention's a natural byproduct because the like take the american college of preventive medicine i think it's been around 70 years or close to it so i mean it's been around forever and had done a and has done a great job when it comes to prevention of infectious disease mm-hmm. but when as far as prevention of chronic disease
0: mm-hmm.
1: That that has that has not happened. That has not been prevented so right. far. So okay. it was, we were really at the point that it's too late to just focus on prevention of chronic degenerative disease when you have over 60% of the population that already has been diagnosed with at least one. Hmm. Prevention is incredibly important. But we must focus on treatment. Lifestyle medicine is treatment. And when it comes to treatment, typically you're getting into medication de-escalation and all our medical, our physicians and our PCPs, you know, they've been trained in medication escalation. Oh yeah. But it's our lifestyle medicine docs and PCPs that have been trained in de-escalation. And this is why when you know, if you're focused on something that's strictly about prevention, then certainly it uh, that that's a completely different conversation. But if we're really talking about lifestyle medicine for treatment mm-hmm. of chronic disease and even even you know select autoimmune conditions as well mm-hmm. would fall under this. There's certainly some, a great deal of evidence that supports oh, that. Then the physician, it's the physician must be. The quarterback of the team, certainly relying on the interdisciplinary team members as important members of that um, of that team, but it's it's really imperative that it be physician-led.
0: I agree 100%. And not only that, it goes back to all the guidelines of any chronic disease. The first thing they say is lifestyle or intervention. <laughs> yes. And so that's the guidelines we should be following 100%. You know, and I see it too as physicians um, are in a unique place, right? So we are kind of the, in a, in a society, we have so many touch points. So if you have a general family medicine doc has maybe, let's say, 2,000 people on their panel, their patient panel, you you have an opportunity to cause quite an interesting spread. Of that information through a community because you're touching those lives and then those lives touch other lives and it and I, I just feel like it would it's such a catalyst of movement of information so much faster than some other way you know versus oh, like oh one hundred
1: percent oh yeah. oh it's just it's so true and it's that yeah. I like to refer to that as the exponential impact yeah yeah and and that was even that was such a driver for me. And even when I wrote the conceptual overview for the Plantrician Project, and then in joining ACLM, because it is true, you know, for every physician in particular that we reach, every physician who, like you, Lori, you know, has that uh, paradigm shift Mm -hmm. and begins to integrate lifestyle medicine and food as medicine into your personal life and into your professional practice, Mm -hmm. because most physicians do have a, patient panel of 500, 1,000, 2,500, that ripple effect Mm -hmm. is incredibly impactful. And that's what we need, you know, because we do teeter on the brink of healthcare cost-induced bankruptcy in this country. Mm -hmm. We've got to have that ripple effect. And, um, you know, we, we often talk about the fact that uh, what is it, you know, 80%, some would say as is, is much as 90% of the spending on healthcare in this country is paying for the treatment of conditions rooted in poor lifestyle choices. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the best news any of us could hear, because that means we can do something about it, you know, mm-hmm. before it's too late. Mm-hmm. And so that exponential impact is really, really important. and uh, And certainly what the Plantrician Project and the American College of Lifestyle Medicine both represent.
0: Mm, I love it. But you also partner with municipalities. So I know you you worked yeah. with like Eric Adams and New York. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Because that was really awesome to hear about.
1: Yes, yes. Well, Eric Adams has been such a champion for lifestyle medicine and uh, a whole food plant predominant dietary lifestyle for many years, even when he was president of the Brooklyn borough, because <laughs> His story that many, many probably in your listening audience have heard he was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. He was uh, losing his sight in one eye, uh, starting to have neuropathy in his feet, and had been told by his uh, physicians who were not trained in lifestyle medicine that. He was just going to have to accept the fact that he would face a lifetime of ever increasing uh, medications to manage his disease. And uh, so he just did not want to accept that. And he began voraciously searching online for alternatives, what could he do? And he was led to uh, prevent and reverse heart disease a book written by one of ACLM's founding members, Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn. And so Eric reached out to uh, Dr. Esselstyn, and that was what set Eric on this trajectory. It was following the prescriptive therapeutic intervention of Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn that uh, then Brooklyn Borough Adams uh, adopted a whole new way of eating, began to exercise and incorporate the principles of lifestyle medicine into his life, regained his sight, the neuropathy neuropathy left, he was able to tritate off of all of his medications, and is in total remission, and became a real champion of this, and so uh, one of our former board members, Dr. Michelle McMacken, um, uh, he she she now serves as Director of Nutrition and Lifestyle Medicine for Health and Hospitals in New York, which is the largest uh, you know public health system in the United States. And it was just this past December that our uh, immediate past president, Dr. Kate Collings, was there on stage for a press conference with uh, now New York City Mayor Eric Adams and uh, CEOs from about 20 health systems across New York, including health and hospitals. Uh, Dr. Mitchell Katz was there from representing that system. And Eric Adams, along with these CEOs, they made an announcement that they were committed to infusing lifestyle medicine into the health systems throughout New York City. uh, Leveraging as a primary tool the 5.5 hour lifestyle medicine and and food is medicine essential semi-accredited course that we just talked about that's being that ACLM is offering free of charge at lifestylemedicine.org forward slash WH conference. And so that is so exciting to see someone um, with a voice and a platform like New York City's mayor uh, you know, arguably one of the most high profile cities in the country who is such an advocate and has such a powerful personal testimonial of health restoration and really wants to see this be made available a lifestyle medicine first approach to healthcare be made available to all in his city and certainly shares ACLM's vision of it becoming the foundation of health and all healthcare. Mm,
0: exactly. I, that's fantastic. And yeah, I've I've interviewed Eric a few times and it's a really fun story. So um, we'll make sure and put the links to the CME and, and his uh, recordings as well if someone wants to dive deeper. So um, going back a little bit to your first history and you were on site, you know, work health well-being so now i'm involved through dexter shirney who's been such a dear mentor of mine and friend and um, he got me involved with hero i don't know if you're familiar with hero so i've been we're a member now and been going to a few of those conferences and it's really interesting to discuss with them there because of dexter and his energy energy and enthusiasm and brains of, of just sharing this message they're really intrigued by lifestyle medicine. So it's really fascinating to listen just as a fly on the wall when employers speak and wellness individuals speak. There's there's a, when you speak to them, like, for example, what I'm doing, I'm like, we provide lifestyle medicine. Like, oh, your coach is like, no, we're actually a medical practice, you know, doing the prescription the monitoring, you know, teaching as well. How do you feel like, let's say someone's listening to this and they want to bring, you know, they're not a clinician, but maybe they can bring this into their employer. What, where have you seen this type of shift and how, you know, crossing the boundary of safety and wellness and how does that work? Any thoughts or suggestions on that? Because I see this as an opportunity that could bring safety from occupational medicine piece to and wellness uh, together, Um Oh
1: my goodness, Lori. Absolutely. You know, when, when we talk about uh, the fact that sadly in our nation, there's immense profit in disease, Mm. right? Yes. There's immense profit in disease. And so that is why so much of our health care, quote, unquote, is really disease and disability care. And that's a really important thing for us all to sort of just digest in our minds. Yet, when we think about for whom is there immense profit in optimal health, it's our self-funded employers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not only because they are paying for their own employees' health care costs, but just from the fact of absenteeism and presenteeism and, and all of these other things. Um, and I don't think that our uh, midsize and large self-funded employers really understand the power they have, even in customizing their own benefit designs with their TPAs. And I, I believe that once the light bulb really comes on for them and they really understand the power of lifestyle medicine to treat often even reverse and certainly prevent the chronic disease that is so debilitating Mm -hmm. to such a big percentage of our workforce. You know, once they understand that, then they will want to push for coverage of things that are lifestyle related that lead with a lifestyle medicine first approach, mm-hmm. and uh, so that is such an important point. And, and Dexter Sherney is one of our past presidents. You know, Dexter was a former you know chief medical officer and vice president of global benefits for Cummins mm-hmm. Corporation, uh, Fortune 250 company out of Indiana, and he's had just really uh, you know high profile roles. Um, with large insurers, and, and he's such a champion for this, and I is gonna be the incoming uh, chairman of HERO, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact, and HERO is a great organization that is, you know, that so represents um, uh, large employers. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll, I have the opportunity to speak here in the next few weeks at uh, the St. Louis Area Business Health Coalition, and along with one of our members, Dr. Deviani Hunt, and, and I think that these business health coalitions that are typically in almost all the major markets across the country that represent our mid-size and large self-funded employer populations, you know, they're, they're just clamoring for solutions because what we know in worksite health promotion, for example, billions have been really wasted on quote unquote wellness, Mm -hmm. wellness, because it's been short-term biggest losers or, you know, it's gamification of different things that may produce short-term results. But uh, even Dr. D. Eddington out of University of Michigan, you know, he he was, you know, one of the first health risk assessments was created um, under his leadership and, you know, found that in most of these employer groups, it was like 98% of employees that lost weight gained it back and some because it wasn't focused on identifying and eradicating the root cause it, it wasn't taking a lifestyle medicine first approach and that's what's so imperative and so there is just incredible need within our self-funded employer populations and and we need uh you know scalable solutions that uh, that can be implemented into those employer populations that really do educate, equip, and empower those employees um, to understand that they can take far greater control of their health destinies. Mm-hmm. and And we really need to, and Dexter was such an advocate, too, that you know, part of that mix is, we must then, employers need to understand that it's important to the best of their ability that the physicians that are interfacing with those employees be effectively trained and ideally certified in the field of lifestyle medicine. And certification of the field comes through the American Board of Lifestyle Medicine.
0: No, 100%. Yeah, it's been really fascinating when you talk about a scalable solution is what we have or what we're building, right? And because it's done virtually, it's multi-state, but the cool thing about our pilots that we're running with these larger employer groups is the community is already built. Um, The struggle that we're going to face is enrollment and engagement of the employee and seeing how we do we incentivize that? How can we proceed and really take that off? But my experience previous, because I've done, In, uh in Colorado, where I was, we actually started lifestyle medicine um, in in the hospital that was providing care for the two largest self-insured employer groups in Western Colorado. And we literally sent out one email and we had 106 respondents. And this was uh, eight, nine years ago. And um, so I only, I was shocked because I only had space for 30. So we had to do rolling, you know, groups. And um by the time we were done, only I think only one person dropped out of all of those people. And what's fascinating is so if you're sending them me- the message and people see that difference and they're working together and they're getting better, I feel like this will be its own incentive, right? And so, but I'm it it is curious uh, to see. So I, I, I love that you know, you're know you looking at um, and getting involved with
1: the self-insured employers and that you're speaking and, and people mm-hmm. are hearing that. It's such yeah. a great message. It is. It is such an important message because um, it's our self-funded employers that really have, I I hope they understand their power and influence Mm -hmm. because they can truly, by embracing a lifestyle medicine first, first of all, they're going to see you know, they they will see far superior outcomes. They will rein in their costs. They'll heighten productivity. They'll decrease absenteeism. You know, all of these things will be plus plus plus, and it will really help to fuel the the transformation that we know our nation so desperately needs. Um, and 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 I will say that uh, you know, there's some bright lights that are happening. There there's there's We we see the winds of change are blowing in the right direction in many ways that support what you and I are both advocating. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, COVID has been Mm -hmm. tragic in so many ways, uh, yet it's shown a bright light on the urgent need to address the underlying conditions that exacerbated the virus's most harmful effects
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and the disproportionate impact on our underserved communities. Right. Well, those underlying conditions, by and large, lifestyle-related chronic disease. And so it has definitely heightened awareness and put this subject matter on more of a national stage. I mean, we're hearing about food as medicine all over the place. Sadly, it isn't always defined consistently. Right. And uh, you know there's food as medicine, and then there's food as medicine to treat and often even reverse already existing disease. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, eating for prevention and eating for treatment and reversal are not the same thing, right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so we we know that you know we we are strongly you know working through. Um, we we would love to see this uh, complimentary course that we're offering. It, 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 you know, it that all of the clinicians on the front lines through our federally qualified health centers. You know, take advantage of it because our FQHCs are reaching Medicaid populations, Medicare, some uninsured, some privately insured. But, you know, it's through that network that we really want to uh, make a lifestyle medicine first approach to healthcare available to all people, regardless Mm -hmm. of socioeconomic status. Uh, We know that, of course, chronic disease is going to be most prevalent in our Medicare population. Well, we're all hearing about pending insolvency of Medicare. Well, mm-hmm. okay, let's empower those folks. And the let's train the physicians that, that see Medicare patients in evidence-based lifestyle medicine. Let's urge them all to become certified through the American Board of Lifestyle Medicine. Mm-hmm. So those Medicare patients that are suffering from debilitating chronic disease, we can rein in those costs and Begin to restore their health. You know, there's just so it's a multi-multi pronged approach that we must take uh, through, you know, government funded healthcare, through our self funded employers, through private insurance, and but we're seeing we're seeing this shift start to happen. Even Humana, you know, we we uh, issued a press release in in December that Humana is now promoting lifestyle medicine throughout its network. Um, And that is really good news, Mm. especially in its Medicare Advantage network. Um, And it is even uh, um, reimbursing training and certification for its providers within its network. I mean, that's just really, really exciting to see uh, just that kind of forward vision and action being brought to the table. You know, accountable care organizations Um, you know, ACOs are charged with reining in costs, right? And producing superior patient outcomes. Well, you know, I think initially when the ACO model launched, it was like, oh, well, we just need to reduce utilization. That's the only way we know how to reduce cost. And, you know, we've been sitting there going, oh, but lifestyle medicine, it's the secret sauce Mm -hmm. of an effective accountable care organization because it will rain in costs and produce superior outcomes. So some of these models, the ACO, as we shift to more uh, value-based care, um, you know, th- this, this, this move in that direction is uh, really consistent with and benefits from full integration of lifestyle medicine into mm-hmm. those risk-based models.
0: Oh yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, the value-based care, one of our pilots is in a value-based care kind of setup. Um, so those cost savings are shifted towards the providers who are providing the care that prevent the disease to, to begin with or, you know, treating it. I love how you describe that. It's It really is the conversation should resolve around, you know, your treatment. It is it is an absolute, absolute treatment um, for chronic disease. So if you... I know we've I've kept you for quite some time now, but if if you were to have one wish as our closing uh, hour here, one wish, what would that be? What would that? What would Susan Benegas wish to the world be?
1: Uh, besides world peace, yes, uh, besides world peace <laughs>
0: and a few other
1: things, uh, what would that be? Well, in the context of our discussion today, yeah, it would be that a bright light be shown on truth as Mm. it relates to our health Mm. And, and that people would be empowered with the knowledge that, you know, what they eat, how they move, how they sleep, how they manage their stress, the power of their social connection, you know, all of these things will either lead toward health or in the opposite direction, by and large. And, um, and that, so in a nutshell, that, that all of our providers across the United States and around the world would be adequately trained in evidence based lifestyle medicine and certified in the field through the American Board of Lifestyle Medicine or outside of our borders through the International Board of Lifestyle Medicine, because this would. Uh, in the words of one of our former presidents, David Katz would say, "This would add years to lives, and a life to years." And we really, we really do need that because um, too much potential is going to the grave. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we need people and their providers to be empowered with uh, the good news of mm-hmm. lifestyle medicine.
0: Mm-hmm. I like it, it's the good news and let the truth be shown. That's fantastic. (laughs) Uh Well, thank you again, Susan and everyone. Please look at the links below, lifestylemedicine.org forward slash WH Conference will be there. And then of course, some of those other links as well that we discussed. So thank you, Susan, for joining us today. Thank you, Laurie, my pleasure. Thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoyed that video. Before you go though, please hit the subscribe and alert buttons so you don't miss out on any of the amazing content we're working so hard to provide you. We upload a new episode of Health & Mora with Dr. Lori Marbus every Friday. Now, if you'd rather listen to the podcast, you can find us on all the major platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and even Spotify. If you're looking for amazing resources to help you start and sustain a plant-based diet, exercise, recipes, or anything wellness, We got you covered there, too, because at Mora, we actually provide physician-led support groups to help people live happier, healthier lives free of metabolic disease. Don't forget to check out our website at mora.com, and thanks again for watching.